0: What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 343, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live Thursday, March 17th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show that airs Wednesdays and Thursdays on Wednesday nights, We cover MMA and wrestling. Thursdays, we jump into gaming and entertainment. We air live, usually, (laughs) every Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Unfortunately, um, some technical mishaps have caused us to have a later start time the last two weeks. Hopefully, that stuff is behind us, and we can move forward with giving you guys a show at 11 instead of 11.30. But nonetheless, we got lots on deck For this episode, but before that, want to get into some housekeeping first. You can watch the show, listen to the live audio feed by heading over to mtrlive.com. You have access to three uh, different video players there. Actually, correction, two video players and one audio player, which is for the Mixler feed to enjoy the show on mtrlive.com. You can also listen via audio. On the Mixler app, which you can find for Android or iOS, just punch in Mixler, M-I-X-L-R, punch in My Take Radio, and you'll be able to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can stream it to Bluetooth speakers, stream it in your car, whatever you wish, and you can listen to the show that way. You can also use our call-in number, not hit option one, and you'll be able to listen to the show that way, albeit with uh, lower sound quality. If you do want to participate, you just got to hit option one, Slick will queue you up. And you'll be able to come on board and share your take with the rest of us. In addition to that, video versions of the show are streaming live on Twitch, YouTube Live, Vaughn Live, StreamUp, and a host of other video providers. We're still working on ironing out Daily Motion and a couple of others. And uh, once we have that, that'll give you guys even more ways to consume uh, the content that we put on air every week. Last but not least, archived episodes of this show are available in podcast format via iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Just punch in My Take Radio, and you'll be able to uh, consume not only this show, but all of the other shows on the Rageworks Network, including uh, the regular season sportscast, Black is the New Black, and The Buried Show as well. In addition to that, we are always putting up uh, special content for those that are. Owners of the official My Take Radio app available for Android, iOS, and Windows mobile devices. Uh, Those guys will get access to certain pieces of content we put out before the general public. Just one of the perks for owning the app. It's $1.99 cheaper than a cup of Starbucks. Helps us out. Gives you a one-stop shop for all things RageWorks and MTR related. And um, one of the best ways to enjoy our content on the go. A couple of things before we start off with tonight's gaming and entertainment news. Uh, we do have a gaming contest on the horizon. Slick and I are ironing out the details for that. Definitely keep an eye on all our social media channels for that. In addition, hopefully this weekend we can finalize details to launch our Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice contest. As you can see on the prize shelf behind me, there's a couple of things we want to give away. Uh, Batman and vs. Superman Rock'em Sock'em Robots and a couple of other prizes as well. There's going to be probably a second place prize and a third place prize uh, for people that participate. Uh, just trying to iron out all the particulars so that we can launch it and probably announce the winner uh, next Thursday during the Gaming and Entertainment Edition just in time for the Batman vs. Superman debut in theaters. Uh, There's also a Civil War contest that I am planning uh, for later on, obviously, to tie into the release of Civil War, uh, working with a couple of different partners for that. Uh, We got some figures on the back shelf that you guys can probably see that we're going to be giving away. Also, we are going to be doing another contest in partnership with our friends at Entertainment Earth, uh, giving away some pop vinyls. Uh, These are going to be for the Hateful Eight, and we're going to iron out details for that. Uh, Hopefully this week and that contest should go live next week, but it'll probably run a minimum of two weeks to give everybody a chance to participate since there's going to be a lot of contests going on. But again, keep it locked to Rageworks, whether it's our site, Rageworks.net or via social media, um, and you'll get all the details for all of those contests. I know that some of you had reached out with regards to uh, what we were doing with the streaming issues that have been going on. And, um, you know, YouTube live has been very fickle as of late. I know a lot of people have been, uh, faring better with Twitch, uh, stream up when it decides to work, uh, are some of the better options. But again, we are looking to hopefully have a full time partner for streaming going forward, whether we're going with uh, live stream or you stream, but definitely want to try and iron out a provider for that. In addition, I know some of you guys have been asking uh, if we're going to be doing you know, more streaming. I know that our very own Slick does a lot of streaming on his YouTube channel and he shares it with you guys on the site. But I'm going to try and get a more dedicated streaming setup, uh, setup here in the uh, Ragework studios so that we can try and do some other stuff. Uh, this week is going to be a little hectic uh, working on the UFC 2 review which I should have finalized by Monday, just trying to capture some video and a couple of product reviews that we are working on as well. So definitely a busy couple of days here at Rageworks HQ, but hopefully uh, we'll be able to put out that content for you guys sooner rather than later. Of course, lots on deck for tonight on the gaming front with the GDC conference going on. We're going to get into some of those announcements, including, um, you know, the, possibility of cross-platform play we're going to talk about playstation vr uh, some of the other gaming announcements that have made their way onto the interwebs on the entertainment side of things of course we're going to get into some small screen news talking about some of the latest happenings uh, with some of your favorite shows and maybe some of the shows that are on the horizon in addition we're going to get into the movie news as well as always you can participate either by joining the chat MTRLive.com, or calling in three four seven. 324-3541. 324-3541 again that call in number 347 324-3541 3, 3, All right, let's get this ball rolling. Let's jump into the gaming news of the week, shall we? As I mentioned um at the start of the show, there has been uh Quite a bit of fanfare with regards to the recent announcement of cross-platform play uh, between, you know, PlayStation 4, PC, and possibly Xbox. Now, of course, there's a lot of moving parts with regards to that, and as a gamer, I am very excited at the possibility of playing games across platforms with uh, some of my friends and, of course, Rageworks colleagues and I think it's a step in the right direction. I know many people have been taking a wait-and-see approach, but at the end of the day, and this is something Slick and I have talked about on previous shows, the the gap between consoles is shrinking. I understand, obviously, that there are console exclusives, which there should be, but a lot of games are released multi-platform. Uh, some games, obviously, get dlc as a perk for being on that platform. But at the end of the day, a lot of games are being released across all channels, uh, even going as far as PC. And because of that, I think that we are seeing um, just a, a, a softening in regards to how companies are viewing the online space. At the end of the day, publishers are looking at selling units and they don't care if it's on Xbox or PlayStation or even on the PC. At the end of the day, they're all they're all moving units, and that's one of the things when we talk about the MPD numbers um, that that comes up right away. When the MPD looks at uh, con, you know, game totals, they look at it as a whole with regards to sales. I, I mean, sometimes they'll get a little granular for certain titles if they're console exclusive. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, the bulk of the titles that are on the list are usually multi-platform. Obviously, excluding Nintendo. In some instances, but still, uh, you know, cross platform gameplay shouldn't be something that shouldn't be something that's viewed. It shouldn't be something that's viewed far fetched or something that's viewed as an unattainable thing only because obviously, as I've said, the the gap is shrinking. And, you know, in Microsoft's case, going to the point of making uh, Windows 10 apps available on Xbox, which we'll discuss later on. And you know, just doing the integration so much with the with the Windows side, with the PC side, it shows that they are trying to create something more unified across the board. Now, obviously, in Sony's case, Sony's looking at it just as an opportunity to show that they are possibly willing to engage, just to show that you know they they have the better servers. I, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's always going to be a dick measuring contest uh, between. Uh, you know, the big three companies, but for different reasons, Uh, you know, Nintendo obviously owns the family space, owns the handheld space, Uh, Xbox definitely has a stranglehold on the complete entertainment experience, while PlayStation is just thriving on the fact that they're putting out a lot of great games, have a lot of great uh, enhancements, and have a fair amount of really good exclusives, under their umbrella Uh, aside from street fighter. Of course we, you know, you have uncharted God of war. um, You know, the list goes on. I mean, Microsoft obviously has its own list of exclusives, but each one of them has something that they can toss out at a, at a, at a moment's notice to, to let everybody know why they are the top dog. Now, again, it's always going to be an argument amongst different gamers or quote unquote fanboys about why their consoles are better but I just feel that we are in a we're in an era where it's not so much which console is better. It's, as Slick and I have said before, which is which are going to be the better exclusives. The cross-platform compatibility uh, for various games is something that I'm really looking forward to seeing executed on a bigger scale. I mean, imagine playing a game like Call of Duty where it's not just playing against people on the Xbox but you're playing against people on the PlayStation and you're playing against gamers on the PC. obviously um, you know there's gonna be differences in skill, uh, differences in, in gameplay style but at the end of the day it's one po- it's one environment housing more than one set of gamers and I think that's just gonna open up the gates towards other you know other console not other consoles I mean other IPS following suit. I mean look at Rocket League which is a great example. Rocket League is try- was one of the first to try and, and really make it a point that they had cross-play compatibility uh, between a console and a PC. And I think that it just shows that at the end of the day, it's about the game and not the hardware it's being played on. I mean, yes, obviously the PC is going to have a more... Uh, you know, a more graphically superior experience. But at the end of the day, the game is going to be the same across the board. And when I say that, I say, yes, the game is going to look different on each piece of hardware. But the end result, you know, whether it's shooting people in the face or, you know, fighting a group of people in a a different environment or even playing in a Street Fighter style environment, the, the end result is going to be the same. For me personally, I feel that this is something that has been you know, many of us have looked forward to hearing it for quite some time. Some of us more than others, especially if you're in a multi-console household, because for instance, there are certain games that I pick up as, and I've said this before on the Xbox one versus the PS four. And then there are others that say, damn, you picked it up on that system. I have it on this system at the end of the day, that should no longer be a limitation. And as a gamer, I'm really excited about that. And I'm really hoping that, you know, Nintendo joins the party as well and really starts stepping up in regards to cross-platform play. I mean, obviously not with the Wii U, but maybe with their upcoming console, that can be a possibility where it can be cross-platform play. Even if, uh, even again, if it's with the PC, at least it's a step in the right direction as a fan. Um, you know, I'm definitely excited for that. Now slick says you're assuming that Sony is going to play ball. And, you know, based on the ambiguous answer that they gave, here's, here's the thing we are, we're living in a, you know, who's going to be first to the party. And while obviously Microsoft has obviously, you know, touted that they're going to be able to do that, which should be a no brainer considering that, you know, Xbox and Windows share pretty much a lot of, a lot of abilities um, You know, Sony's ambiguous answer is because they want to see what level of interest is out there. I mean, it's a great business tactic on Sony's part because they're saying, hey, we're willing to do it. But, you know, we're going to take a wait and see approach. I don't I you know, Sony's answer was textbook big business. I, I wouldn't have expected anything less. Yeah, they could have came out of the gate and said, yeah, we're going to start doing cross platform play. But what's going to end up happening is they're going to watch what everybody else is doing And if more publishers start pushing for it, then they will make it a point to do a big hullabaloo and announce it to the masses. The ambiguous answer I still feel is, is a necessary evil because they may not have all the bells and whistles to execute that at this time, but that's not to say that six months from now or a year from now, the infrastructure hasn't evolved to a point where you can make that possible. I mean, right now, an ambiguous answer is the right answer. Obviously, you don't want to overcommit and then underdeliver, which we've seen happen time and time again from all companies involved, whether it's Microsoft or Nintendo or even Sony. Sometimes they've overcommitted themselves and the execution of that particular item is not exactly great. Now, with that said, do I see it happening three months from now? Definitely not. Do I see it being a stronger possibility a year from now? Absolutely. I think that within, you know, within the span of a year, uh, it will be something that will be commonplace, especially with larger franchises like Call of Duty, uh, Madden, uh, you know, games that have a really large insertion base, especially between PlayStation and Xbox and hopefully Nintendo. Uh, I think that that's going to be a big motivator. And I think that the bigger publishers are going to push for that. Because it's going to allow them to obviously move more units and allow their audiences to engage on a broader scale. This isn't this isn't something that's going to happen, you know, in two weeks or even three months. This is a this is a year, a year long process. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, in E3 2017, we see something more formal from all three companies or even from the from Nintendo. I mean, excuse me, from PlayStation and from Microsoft. It's something that, like I said, as a fan, I'm very excited about the concept and we're going to be watching it very, very closely. Uh, Danny adds, Microsoft should be able to do it. They created the Xbox and already create PC games. I agree with that statement. Uh, Microsoft should be able to do a lot of stuff that they're not able to do. They might've been working on behind the scenes for years. Uh, You know what it is. And and Danny makes a valid point. There's so many projects that have been started, stopped and started by all these companies. I remember before the Surface even came to light from Microsoft, they were working on uh, a, a I remember they showed a proprietary piece of hardware that looked like a book and had a tablet on each side and you can fold it and open it and you can do stuff. And I remember when I saw that, I you know, it blew me away as a as a techie, as a nerd, because I said to myself, wow, this is the future. And we're almost there. I mean, the Surface does a tremendous job. I, we're, we're at a stage where you can take laptops and fold them back and use them as tablets. Uh, There's definitely, you know, there's definitely been uh, seeds of that stuff years for, you know, going, going back years, depending on the product. And I think it's something that, you know, it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of R and D, but the execution is going to be there. I mean, you know, we're talking, we're moving forward at such a rapid pace, technologically in certain aspects. I mean, you know, we went from, the possibility of a fully electric car to hybrid vehicles being, you know, on the road and being reliable, you know, companies like Tesla doing all electric vehicles and other companies like Chevrolet and um, BMW following suit. Uh, We got vehicles now that run on hydrogen, which is something that, you know, getting a little inside, you know, I, I work in the automotive industry In my real, in my real world, uh, in the real, in the real world. And um, the advancements that are going on are so crazy sometimes. I mean, we went from talking about electric cars to talking about cars using gas and electricity to total electric cars. And, you know, even even now in, in, in my in my field, we are discussing motorcycles now being hybrid as well as fully electric uh, companies like Brammo, uh, Harley Davidson even did an electric motorcycle called the LiveWire. And this is the stuff I'm talking about. You know, you see this stuff and you don't think 10 years ago, 15 years ago that we would have come this far. And to see those type of advancements and yet not have cross-platform play is, is you know, it just shows that, you know, obviously priorities are elsewhere. But again, I definitely feel that within the next year or so, I think it's going to become something that is going to be far more prevalent. Uh, Slick ads, fully electric cars have been working for ages. Oil companies don't want to give up. I don't, I don't disagree, but I also feel that the acceptance of fully electric cars has, has only taken root because big companies are stepping up to compete. I mean, when you have a company like Tesla come in and upset the establishment, uh, you're either going to adapt or you're going to perish. I mean, that's that's how it goes. And even though big oil companies and, you know, this is getting a little off track a little bit, big oil companies are definitely against the notion of fully electric vehicles, that doesn't mean that you can't come in and upset the establishment. On the contrary, as a creator, uh, you know, I wake up every day trying to put myself out of business, trying to come up with the next big idea that's going to supersede whatever idea I had you know, yesterday or the day before last week, last month, you're always going to compete against yourself. If you're not trying to compete against yourself to evolve, whatever it is that you're putting out there, then you're just somebody who's a gear in the machine instead of being somebody that's operating the machine. And that's, that's just how I see it. I mean, whether it's electric vehicles, cross platform play at the end of the day, we want our technology to evolve, to suit our needs. And as a gamer, I feel that if I want to play against, uh Slick who has a PS4 or Danny who's in the chat that's on PC or Mortis that that's on a tablet and we're all playing a similar game or even the same game to a point. Uh, you know, whether it's something as simple as as Warcraft or Hearthstone or League of Legends or or Dota, whatever the case may be, if you want to play it on X, Y and Z, whether it like I said, it's a Microsoft Surface or a MacBook running Windows or an Xbox or a PlayStation or hell, even a Nintendo NX or whatever the hell they want to call it. That should be a possibility. That should be something that as a fan, as a gamer should be the norm and not something that's, you know, exclusive or special. It's it's that simple. I mean, the same way that we can consume our content that we watch on the TV, on the phone, on a tablet, hell, even on a smartwatch in some instances, there's, you know, the synergy is there. The possibilities are there. It's just a matter of executing and making sure that everybody makes money because at the end of the day, nobody's going to put shit out if they're not going to get paid. Simple as that. You know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely crazy. You know, as, 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 like I said, as somebody who's, who loves technology and I mean, loves technology every, you know, I got gadgets for fucking everything. I keep it, I keep it real, man. I'm all about convenience. I, I bust my ass. I work hard, you know, I'd like a remote that can turn on my air conditioner, uh, you know, dim my, dim my lights, turn on my TV and set it to the right input with the touch of one button. I love that convenience. I do. I love the fact that I can walk into a store now and I don't have to have a wallet full of cards. You know, I can just uh, have fingerprint scanning on my phone, take my phone, touch it to the payment terminal and pay for my items. You know, when Android pace really started picking up, you know, I recently started using it and I, I, try and use it as much as possible. I understand obviously, you know, we, you know, cash is King and I agree but sometimes I just don't have it or I don't feel like carrying a wallet full of cards. It's it's crazy. You know, I think I think it's it's a step in, in a direction that's going to become common going forward. Now, obviously, people are going to agree and disagree with that statement. And that's fine, because, again, everybody approaches uh, technology differently. But, you know, I, I you know, I like all the shit, you know, if they if I had the opportunity for, you know, the cybernetic implants or you know, robotics or whatever, I'd fucking be the first one to do that shit because I'm just a fucking psycho like that. But I would, you know, seeing uh, things like, um, you know, the 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 Google glasses at the time, I thought they were the coolest thing ever, you know, being able to look around, scan your environment, uh, determining if, you know, th- there's humidity in the air or pollutants in the air. That's a really, really cool shit to me. I, I mean, some people may think it's, it's a little too insane or they may not want to, um, you know, worship the robotic overlords. But, you know, some of that stuff to me is, is really awesome. You know, using robotics to, to assist our military, to carry supplies instead of, you know, putting, you know, the men and women of our armed forces in danger. I think that shit is awesome, man. I think, you know, the possibility that we have planes that can fucking disappear and, and, and bomb, bomb an area. It's, it's wild, man. It, it blows my mind just seeing that stuff. and, I mean, part of it is the inner child in me, the kid in me, but the other part is just the nerd that thinks it's fucking great. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> uh I, I see, I see. There's a lot of stuff in the chat. Um, the fun and discovery and and the joy of creating something new. You know that there's there's a lot of stuff that that really. You know, I don't talk about it on air because it's obviously not relevant, but. You know, stuff like that I enjoy. Like, I read so many different things about advances in, in, in all types of technology. Like, imagine being able to, you know, look at your smartwatch that can tell you that, you know, your blood pressure is high, that you may need to uh, seek medical attention. You know, imagine being able to to, to save someone's life if they're wearing uh, some piece of, of technology that can genuinely, genuinely uh, monitor your vitals and tell you, Hey, you're having a heart attack or, Hey, you might have a seizure. I mean, it's, it's crazy shit, man. I mean, for someone who's seen a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff, I mean, even, even my youngest sister had, you know, she had one seizure. I've never seen that shit before. And to me, I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is scary stuff. But being able to monitor that, you know, being able to have some sort of, of, of an alert, like, you know, you know, knock on wood, she only had one, but I'm saying, you know, if she had something on and, you know, she was having a seizure in her sleep and I was able to know about it and react accordingly. Like, people don't think about that shit. Yeah, you know, you want to be able to have a self-flushing toilet or a built-in bidet or, you know, something cool to wipe your ass. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, being able to change, you know, change the world with technology, that's the kind of shit that, that makes me hype, man. I, I like shit like that, like being able to, uh, you know, kill tumors with, with nano machines. like shit like that is awesome to me. Anyway, <laughs> running running into a completely different sphere, uh, definitely want to get back on track. But again, cross-platform play, uh, really excited about it. That's that's the long and short of it. Anyway, um, I want to open up with something very interesting. As many of you know, Ubisoft recently released a division, uh, Tom Clancy's division, I should say. And the game has been met with a largely positive response. I mean, there's been a couple of people out there that have had their fair share of, of issues with the game. And obviously everyone's entitled to a freedom of choice, but Ubisoft definitely is, um, you know, banking on the fact that they put out a winning IP. Um, According to uh, an announcement they put out this week, uh, the game sold more than any previous title in Ubisoft history in only 24 hours of availability after its release on March 8th. Of course, the sales data is based off internal estimates from Ubisoft, but that is huge. The division uh, set records for the company in full digital game sales in a single day across all platforms. Might I add Xbox one PS four and windows PC. Um, According to MPDs tracking uh, it's saying that the division sales put the video game as one of the top four brand new IP launches in the history of the company, including destiny watchdogs and assassins creed. Of course the game, is currently available on Xbox One, PS4 and PC and DLC for the game will be rolling out in the coming months. Now, you know, I think I think it's really cool what they're doing with the division. The way that they marketed that game was incredibly well done. I mean, there's there's something to be said uh, about utilizing not only the traditional advertising media, but even just social media as a whole. One of the things that I noticed when the division came out was that there was advertising for the game everywhere. Not only was it through word of mouth or on television, but also, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, different, different types of, of subtle advertising that put the game front and center on top of the fact that everybody that was a hardcore first person shooter fan, at least in my, in in my circle They were, they were chomping at the bit to play that game. And, you know, I'm, I'm really pumped to see that. It's really cool that Ubisoft has another winning IP. Um, you know, the game being set in New York, a lot of New Yorkers definitely jumped that jumped on, you know, that sort of stuff. Now I'm looking at, uh, some of the stuff in the chat, uh, game looks cool. Um, it finally got him off of destiny. That's pretty funny. Danny, uh, letting, letting me know that her significant other is now playing, um, The Division, uh, set in New York, the way they marketed it, yep. And then, (laughs) oh man, you know what the, the, what the funny thing is, you know, I'm seeing some of the stuff in, in the chat from, from Slick, and I'm also seeing, uh, stuff from Danny and Mortis. Uh, the thing, the thing about games like The Division and even, you know, other titles that have come out recently is the fact that, You know, they're they're reaching people on a different level and they're utilizing all the niche marketing that they can even utilizing uh, smaller websites, you know, some some more than others to get the the word out for their particular title. I think that this is going to be a trend we're going to be seeing quite a bit going forward. We're going to see a lot more guerrilla marketing. Across the board, I think that the division definitely was proof positive that if you hit every advertising outlet, you're going to move units. I'll be honest, even if you look at, let's say, IGN's Snapchat, uh, you saw advertisements for the division. I mean, you know, if if, for those of you that use Snapchat, you know that there's uh, certain uh, brands that have dedicated channels and IGN is one of them. And it's funny because obviously all the IGN news are there, but there was advertising blended in for the division. And it was, you know, it was it was definitely just um it was interesting to see because it was one of the first few games that I've seen really leverage every outlet possible to get their message out there. It was it was it was pretty crazy. It was definitely pretty pretty crazy. All right. So I haven't talked about Star Wars Battlefront. I feel like the game came and went But I know a lot of you guys are still playing it on and off and um, GameStop kind of fucked up. They uh, revealed the release date and price point for their upcoming uh, for the upcoming Star Wars Battlefront DLC called Outer Rim. Uh, The DLC is scheduled to be released April 5th and it's going to cost $14.99. The game is also included as part of the game season pass uh, the game season pass, which you can pick up for $50 uh, outer rim is going to feature four new playable maps, two new hero ca- characters with Neum numb and Greedo. You're also going to get new weapons and new star cards. They're also releasing a new gameplay mode and locations, new locations on Tatooine and Celeste as well. One of the new maps is going to be set in Jabba's palace. Definitely uh, something that many people are looking, are going to be looking forward to playing you're getting new weapons, including the Relby V10 rifle, the D12, the DT 12 blaster pistol. And of course, you're going to get uh, pieces to collect and equip the scatter gun and the Dioxus grenade. Uh, for those of you that are Star Wars Battlefront fans, be on the lookout April 5th for that DLC. It will be 1499 unless you have the season's pa- uh, the season pass at uh, the Star Wars Battlefront game is available on Xbox One, PS4 and PC. All right, so one of the bigger stories that I really wanted to dive into was the announcement of PlayStation VR. Now, everybody, of course, jumped on social media as soon as the announcement was made, talking about the the good, the bad, and the ugly about PlayStation's VR announcement. And um, I'm going to give you my take on it, obviously, but I got to say this. You are basing a lot of your commentary on a tech demo and an announcement, unless you wore the shit yourself at GDC or you've experienced VR in a capacity that's been, you know, in an experience provided by Sony, everything that people are talking about is complete, complete hearsay. That's how I see it. You know, if you're not there wearing the shit on your head, feeling around, pretending to strangle somebody or whatever the fuck you're doing. You're, you're just speculating based on an announcement. The, the thing about VR and Danny, Danny, who's in the chat can definitely attest to this, her, her and I, uh, went to a Samsung event last year, the year before when Samsung got into the VR space, uh, the, it utilized the, uh, galaxy, the galaxy phone and also the note to provide a VR experience. And the thing is that VR, you know, the VR experience through the mobile device, it was cool. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was foreign to me. I just felt that it was unnecessary. And the thing about VR, even through Sony's execution, while it does look impressive, excuse me, and it does look pretty cool. I just feel that VR as a technology for gaming I just don't see it, I I don't see it being extremely viable. And the reason I say this is because I feel VR is more apropos for uh, virtual tours or looking at a, you know, a battlefield environment if you're, if you're in, you know, monitoring what's going on someplace or looking at, um, you know, blueprints or walking through a virtual building that's under construction, Uh, you know, things like that to me scream VR applications running around shooting people in call of duty and th- and feeling like you're in the game yes it's a more immersive experience but I'll be honest I don't deem it necessary and that's the thing I mean you know Sony announced a PlayStation VR and um, you know it's scheduled for release in October in Japan uh, North America Europe and Asia with an MSRP of 399. Uh, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, $3.99, super expensive." You know, Samsung is giving away their VR headset. You know, all the all the usual shit. And um, I'll be honest, people that are that are saying that it should be cheaper, obviously, don't understand the the cost of R and D and all the other shit that's associated with it. I didn't expect a VR headset from Sony to be any less than $500. So, you know, I was off by a hundred bucks, but I felt it was, it was that type of a, that type of an item. I mean, yeah, you know, Samsung's galaxy VR headset, you're getting it for free. If you buy a a galaxy S seven, but you're also getting the bulk of the processing power from your fucking phone. Otherwise it's just a max headroom, uh, eyeglass attachment on your face. You're not accomplishing shit without sticking your phone in the headset, and that's the kind of stuff that irks me. You know, people they get it, they get up, they jump on social media, they read three pieces of a, of an announcement. Don't read the entire thing, and then click, 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 click. click. This is fucking bullshit, man. I don't understand why I got to pay four hundred dollars for virtual reality. This is horseshit. It's like, yo, come on, man. It, it we we're talking about playing games in a VR environment. You know, it, it was, it was, the, the, the original VR concept was shown off during the 2014 GDC conference. Um, you know, they've actually, they fine tuned it. They've worked on it. They, have you know, they've worked with over 230 developers and publishers that are working on PlayStation VR titles. That clearly it illustrates that there is something there when so many publishers are jumping into it. Obviously, they're going to be working on a Star Wars Battlefront gaming experience, which was announced. Uh, there's going to have they're going to have a VR playroom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, you knew that this was the step that we were moving in. We we went through the same thing when they did the Connect, the PlayStation Move, hell, even the GameCube with the with the motion gameplay. This is another facet that we as as a community are either going to have to accept or not or not even attempt to to touch like that's that's how I see it like think about it when the PlayStation move was announced yeah the Wii thank you Slick when the PlayStation move was announced Slick and I tried it in the Sony store it looked cool it was all right but I didn't I there was nothing there was nothing in my gut that told me hey you need to own this the play, the uh, the Xbox Connect when it came out on the 360 I bought it yeah you know it was a hundred bucks you know motion gaming was kind of cool you know I played like Fruit Ninja and a couple of other games and it was fun and it was cool when you had people over but it wasn't the end all be all I mean even the Connect on my Xbox One y- yeah you know I talk to it and I give the Xbox the voice commands but it's it, it's not necessary it's not the end all be all I don't need the shit you know, I, it was, it, it came with the system. I bought a launch Xbox one. It came with the connect and, um, yeah, you know, it did what it did. I mean, I've done, I use motion controls for certain things like moving certain screens or, you know, things of that nature, but I'm not chomping at the bit to play motion games. And the same thing applies with VR. You know, I'm going to try VR when it, when it comes out, if, if I'm able to try it out, in, you know, in, in, in an environment and I'm able to enjoy it, then sure, you know, I'll pay for it. But like anything else, it is a technology that even though it's being applied to a retail application, there's still, it's still undiscovered country. I mean, even Oculus Rift, you know, they, they, they made sure to announce that they got a whole bunch of games coming out for for their system and that's fine. But again, I feel that the retail application is still in its infancy. And there's going to be a lot of shit that's not going to work right. There's a lot of stuff that's not going to be as effective as you would think. You know, people on social media are making it seem like they're going inside fucking Tron when they put this thing on. It's like, listen, you got you got a, a $400 Viewmaster on your face. You're not doing anything super fucking cool yet. When When, when you're able to, you know, walk around... With with a virtual gun and shoot characters and do all this shit and and not make it look like you're completely stumbling and bumbling around your living room, then get back to me. Until then, you're you're you got a four hundred dollar ViewMaster on your face, and either you like the shit or you don't. You know, like that's that's the thing that bothers me. People people are jumping on on social without any clear concept of the technology itself. Again, if you're at GDC and you tried it out. And you think that it's going to revolutionize gaming? Then I'm going to value that opinion because you got to have some hands-on time with the shit. But I'm not going to take the the advice of some keyboard warrior that that's hiding in his house. Oh, this shit's going to fucking suck. It's like, come on. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 clowning the the VR concept, but I'm, I am intrigued. You know, as a gamer, as as a as someone who likes checking out emerging technology, I think. I think it's there, man. I think um, there's definitely a possibility there for that stuff. But again, I think the retail application needs work. I also feel that it's something that's not going to be mastered for quite some time. I mean, you know, technology comes along and people jump on board and yeah, the early adopters are going to get bitten the ass a lot, but the early adopters are also going to understand what's right and what's wrong and what can be improved in future versions. As a gamer, I'm, I'm intrigued. I am intrigued to see what PlayStation can do in this space. But um, is it something that I'm going to be lining up to part with my $400? No, not yet. Simple as that. Microsoft is releasing two new special edition controllers for the Xbox One uh, in two brand new colorways, Dusk Shadow and Copper Shadow. Uh, this is going to continue uh, their military-themed uh, Xbox One controllers that they've been releasing. Uh, the copper edition is going to be sold at Microsoft stores and GameStop, and the dusk shadow edition is going to be available exclusively through Microsoft stores. And then it's going to see a limited release in Best Buy. Uh, these new controller colorways are going to run you sixty nine ninety nine, but they are going to include the hardware updates that the company issued last year, including the addition of the three point five millimeter audio port, which obviously many people have been swapping out their controllers to be able to get that. Again, both controllers will be available for 69.99. You're going to have the Dusk Shadow and the Copper Shadow. As I said, Dusk Shadow, you're going to be able to pick it up at the Microsoft Store and the um Copper Shadow, uh yep, the copper is going to be available in Best Buy. So, there you have it, guys. Keep an eye on that. We're going to try and get you guys some pictures, throw it on RageWorks so you guys can see pictures of those controllers when they hit the market. The next bit of news I'm sure is going to make slick very happy. Uh, The first uh, DLC announcement for Lego Marvel is, has been announced and um, that DLC is going to be released March 29th. The season pass also uh, has been announced. (laughs) He is not happy. I, I did that on purpose. Anyway, So uh, the first DLC pack is going to be Captain Marvel's uh, character pack and a level pack. And they're also going to release the masters of evil characters and level pack. Those are coming out March 29th. Um, As I said, you're going to get that later during the spring. You're going to get a classic black Panther character and level pack. You're also going to get a doctor strange uh, character edition and level pack. And um, they're going to add in humans, Avengers Explorer character pack and a host of other additions as well. Uh, Lego's Marvel's uh, Avengers, Lego Marvel's Avengers digital deluxe edition, uh, which includes the game and the season pass is available on the PS4 and Xbox one for 69 99. And if you still are playing on the PS three, it's 59 99. And it is also available on steam. (laughs) Oh man. Slick is not happy. Uh, Last bit of gaming news. I did want to address, Was what I mentioned earlier at the start of the show, Microsoft planning on bringing Windows 10 apps to the Xbox one beginning this summer. Uh, Basically, what was announced at GDC was that they're going to be able uh, developers are going to be able to create uh, native apps that are going to run on the Xbox one. And what they're going to end up doing is when they create applications, they're going to have it run uh, pretty much based on resolution and hardware, but it's going to be unified across the platform, meaning that you can have a desktop based application. You can have a surface or a tablet application, a mobile application, and of course a console application for a particular app. Now, obviously this opens up a Pandora's box of possibilities for developers to release, whether it's additional messaging apps, social media integration, or even and more enhanced game capture and streaming capabilities. I have a feeling that that's going to be one of those things that's going to evolve very, very quickly. And I think Microsoft and the developers involved are going to put together some really cool stuff. I mean, one of the things I've always felt is that the streaming component could be a lot better being able to put overlays or being able to utilize the camera and stuff like that. If you could do some of that in console, it would eliminate a lot of overhead, not only for, pro streamers, but even for those on the amateur side that are just looking to share some gameplay, I think it would be a good way to spruce up uh, the games that are being presented. It would give creators another way to get stuff out faster and, of course, improve the presentation of games by and large. Again, that's just one of the applications that I'd like to see personally. Of course, there will be uh, social media applications, whether it's you know uh, linking it with Facebook Messenger or being able to put up quick videos and putting them on Snapchat or Instagram. I would not be shocked if we see things of that nature, uh, accelerate once it is opened up to developers in the future. We're going to start seeing applications, uh, make their way onto the console this summer. Uh, there were no particular applications named, but I am curious to see what they bring to the forefront as an Xbox one owner. I do feel that the system you know, it lost a little bit of its direction trying to be a one-stop solution for everyone. But I think that making it run in tandem with all the other aspects of their operating system is going to breathe new life into it and create a seamless experience for those that run a complete windows household. Um, You know, I think, I think it's one of those things where for me personally, I, you know, I run up a, a prime primarily windows household. I do have a couple of Android devices, obviously my phone being one of them and a tablet that I use for reading is another. Uh, my wife is an iOS user running, um, you know, iPod, iPad, iPhone. Well, the iPod, not so much because the iPhone is pretty much taken its place, but you know, that's, that's pretty much how we run in my house. But from, A Windows user standpoint, I think that the synergy between uh, laptop, desktop, unified platform, um, even even when I was a surface owner for all of five minutes, I really appreciated just being able to log in, write something on Microsoft OneNote on my surface, have it pair with my laptop and then be able to edit it further on my desktop. I think that's definitely one of the things that has worked quite well. Same thing with Microsoft OneDrive, which Obviously works across multiple platforms. The same rule applies. And I think being able to do some more enhanced applications would definitely benefit those of us that are either mobile users. If you're a Windows mobile user, which, you know, there's probably five of you. And um, if you're a console gamer, I think that we can definitely see a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And I'm pumped to see what applications get announced for this summer. All right. So with that, that is actually the last bit of gaming news I have for this installment. Uh, We're going to get into some entertainment stuff. There's lots to discuss. And as always, uh, feel free to interact mtRLive.com or call in 347-324-3541. All right, let's switch gears. Let's jump into this week's entertainment news, shall we? All right. So of course I got to open up with the big news story this week, the announcement of Indiana Jones heading back to the big screen, uh, July 19th, 2019, uh, the CEO of Disney, uh, you know, made a an informal announcement, which of course was formalized shortly after, uh, the fifth epic adventure of the blockbuster series, of course, will have Steven Spielberg back in the director's chair who directed the four previous films. Harrison Ford, of course, will be reprising, uh, the, his role as the iconic Doctor Jones. Uh, very excited for this. I mean, you know, Indiana Jones and the and the Crystal Skull was it wasn't great. I didn't hate the film. I just thought it could have been a lot better. Um, I've always been a fan of the Indiana Jones movies. I've always enjoyed the 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 great storytelling and the and the great use of of special effects, especially in the early films. They had some really really awesome stuff that was ahead of its time. And I'm looking forward to seeing Harrison Ford, you know, break out the whip and throw on the hat and, you know, have his grizzled face on the screen as Indy once again. I mean, for me, the, the gold standard for Indiana Jones um, was, was definitely the one with him and Sean Connery. And I enjoyed that one only because you got to see a lot of great chemistry between two amazing actors. I mean, Sean Connery afterwards went on to do a couple of films uh I wanna say his last film was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Slick. Can you verify that for me? I think uh that was the last film that he did and he went out. I, I mean it wasn't the best film in the world. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen had some 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 good points. It did, had some good points, but it was largely forgettable to most people. But I am pumped to see Han Solo uh, switching gears and jumping into the indie shoe. I mean, you know, coming back and seeing Harrison Ford in the role of, uh, of Han Solo, and then going back into another iconic role with Indiana Jones. Of course it screams cash grab, but, um, you know, you never know. It might be good, especially with Steven Spielberg back in the director's chair again, Indiana Jones scheduled to return to the big screen, July 19th, 2019. There were a lot of announcements this week uh, dedicated to the upcoming revival of Fox's Prison Break, uh, which many of you know uh, was incredibly successful. Uh, It's going to be it's going to be a brand new Prison Break revival. A lot of the characters and actors from the previous show from the previous seasons will be returning. Uh, uh, Sarah Wayne Callies will be coming back. Uh, She'll be playing Dr. Sarah Tancredi. Also, of course, Wentworth Miller um, what the hell's the other guy's name? Shit. Um, Dominic Purcell. There you go. Wentworth Miller, Dominic Purcell, uh, and, a, and a couple of other uh, characters from the show will be coming back to reprise their iconic roles in prison break. I'm looking forward to it. I think prison break was a very underrated show. I think the later seasons got a little crazy. Uh, they took themselves a little too serious and they went completely off the rails, but I got to say that I'm looking forward to seeing it. I mean, you know, the X files came back and even though a lot of people felt that it wasn't that great, it still had some really solid numbers for Fox and it showed that the X files property still has life in it. Mortis brought to my attention, the blade runner sequel that Harrison Ford is reportedly going to be in. This is true. I totally forgot about blade runner. That is right. I mean, I mean, If that does happen, I'll definitely be in line day one to see that Blade Runner is an awesome sci-fi film and Harrison Ford was top of the food chain in that movie. That's for sure. JJ Abrams did an interview with IGN recently and uh, something that came up, which I didn't even know he was involved in were film adaptations for portal and half-life, both of which JJ Abrams is attached to produce. He actually said that both projects are in development with writers working on both films, but that he said he has not talked about it because there's nothing overly exciting to release yet. Um, For me, I was actually just surprised to hear that they were doing films based on portal and half life. But uh, it seems that JJ Abrams is definitely moving forward with that with writers. As I said, working on both films. Once I have something more concrete, I will definitely be sharing that with you guys on the box office side of things. Zootopia continued to kick ass at the box office, bringing in another $50 million, bringing its total to 142.6 10 Cloverfield lane, which has actually been getting a lot of positive press as of late, uh, got another 25.2 million. Well, let me rephrase that. It got its first haul of $25.2 million, which is pretty solid, giving it the number two slot. Daredevil came in at number three, earning an additional $10.8 million. London Has Fallen came in in the number four slot. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot was five. The Perfect Match was six. The Young Messiah was seven. The Brothers Grimsby came in in the number eight slot, earning $3.2 million. Uh, <clears throat> Sasha Baron Cohen, definitely not a box office draw as of late. Gods of Egypt earned another $2.5 million. In the number 9 slot. And Risen came in at number 10. Um, You know it's. uh, I think for me. There was definitely a lot of stuff. That uh, you know. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Getting uh, the positive press that it got. Definitely surprised me. It's even piqued my curiosity enough. To want to go and see it in theaters. Um, Definitely. May want to give that a shot. I'm not sure if I, if I can get out there to see it this weekend, but I would like to see it because it it looks interesting. And a lot of people whose opinions I value have said that it was surprisingly enjoyable. We'll see what happens. Obviously, if I get out to see it, you can best, best believe there'll be a review on rageworks.net. If not, obviously you're going to keep it locked uh, next week for Batman vs Superman Dawn of justice, which Hopefully I should have a review for that Friday night. If I go see it Friday morning, I will keep you posted with regards to that. That's for sure. News out of South by Southwest, uh, courtesy of superhero hype uh, regarding the preacher TV series actually has now an air date and time that being May 22nd at 10 PM Eastern. And it's going to follow the mid season finale of fear. The walking dead They'll have an encore presentation May 29th with back-to-back airings starting at 9 p.m. to give viewers a chance to catch up over the Memorial Day holiday. The new episodes will resume on June 5th. The season is scheduled to have 10 episodes. Of course, uh, the Preacher series is based on the comic by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing it. I think they have something very special there. Uh, Dominic Cooper, of course, will be playing the role of Preacher in this series um, again, looks like it's going to be very solid based on the photos I saw from South by Southwest. I have a feeling that it's going to be another uh, sleeper hit for AMC. Again, it's going to be a ten episode season starting May twenty second at ten p.m. and then they're going to re air the episodes back to back with new episodes beginning June fifth. Uh, Mortis, I see that you um, you're talking about Google. <laughs> uh, Google Fiverr does not have AMC. Eh, there might be a solution for you. I'll let you know about it off air. I, th- I think you might be interested in it. I'll keep you posted. Anyway, uh, next bit of news. Of course, we were talking about Harrison Ford heading back as Indiana Jones, but we kind of forgot about the fact that, you know, Han Solo died Uh, spoiler alert if you don't know, but that does not mean that Disney does not have plans for the Han Solo character, including uh, the star Wars anthology Han Solo film, which is going to tell the story of a young Han Solo. Well, with regards to the casting, they've narrowed it down to a list of five gentlemen. Uh, some names you may recognize some, you don't, um, Alden Ehrenreich from Hail Caesar is one. Jack Rayner from Transformers Age of Extinction is another. Uh, Taron Egerton from Kingsman. Uh, Blake Jenner and Jack O'Connell are the five gentlemen in line to portray a young Han Solo. If I had to take anyone from that list, I'd probably either go with Jack Rayner, who kind of looks like Harrison Ford, or Taron Egerton, because I think he's a very solid young actor. And I think that he would definitely bring a little bit of that grit that Han Solo brought to uh, the Harrison Ford brought to Han Solo in the star Wars films, uh, star Wars anthology Han Solo uh, is scheduled to hit theaters May 25th, 2018. Um, we'll see what the deal is with that. Obviously once they make a formal announcement, I will definitely be sharing it with you guys. In some other small screen news, AMC and Sony pictures announced that better call. Saul is getting a third season with 10 episodes. Of course, uh, no specific date has been announced as of yet, but I'm sure we can see it sometime in 2017. Better call. Saul is doing uh, very solid ratings uh, in season two and has received seven Emmy nominations. So, uh, you know, the breaking bad spinoff is off to a solid start. I mean, the first season, left a lot to be desired but i'm enjoying the second season i'm a little behind on on some episodes but i i really like the the evolution of slipping jimmy to Saul Goodman i think that they're doing a good job with that i think that the narrative and a lot of wink and nod moments to breaking bad uh have been pivotal in making that show as good as it as i expected it to be um of course bob odenkirk is amazing um, if you're not watching better call Saul, or you're a fan of breaking bad and you haven't checked it out, uh, look for it, give it a binge watch. I think you will enjoy it. In some other small screen news, Gotham is getting a third season. Fox announced that the Batman inspired series got a third season renewal Um, Of course, the show, while it's known for having solid ratings, is not known for its record-breaking ratings, but has been consistently competitive and stable in the very, very competitive Monday time slot. So, there you have it. Gotham is going to have a third season. Last week, as many of you know, uh, there was a leak, or not so much a leak, but kind of a public acknowledgement that Marvel had found their iron fist in Finn Jones, Uh, officially now Marvel has confirmed that Finn Jones will be playing Danny Rand in the upcoming iron fist series on Netflix. And of course we got Luke cage on the horizon. So I'm sure we're going to see an introduction to Danny Rand in the Luke cage series. And, um, definitely keep an eye out for that. Once I have an air date for iron fist, of course, I will make sure to let you guys know about that as well. Uh, Mortis, after after the show, reach out to me. I have a solution for your AMC problem. Anyway, that bit of news regarding Marvel and Iron Fist is the last bit of entertainment news for tonight's show. And it also wraps up the entertainment segment. So with that said, I've given you my take on gaming and entertainment this week. As always, I would love to hear yours. Feel feel free to reach out via social media. You can hit us up at MyTakeRadio or at Rage underscore Works on Twitter to discuss anything that you heard on the shows this week. You can also become a fan on Facebook or join the Rageworks group. Links to that are always in the show notes, so definitely make sure to check that out. Uh, We are also on Instagram, Snapchat, and all the social media outlets. Uh, Definitely trying to do more on Snapchat as of late. Uh, Also, some people have been asking why I haven't done any Periscope. Uh, Just, you know, nothing has come up that has made me want to do it but I'm going to try and get into that now that I'm in the new studio space I know some people were asking for a studio tour Uh, as you can see we're still finalizing stuff you know I got that magical shelf behind me which is not going to be there next week um you know I think that it's one of those things where you know you can you know, you're going to see an evolution of the show as, as it continues to, you know, we're going to add new hardware. Uh, we're still working on adding new cameras. I actually bought a new camera to do all of our unboxings and event coverage. So I will be retiring, uh, my Sony RX10, which was the quite a workhorse, uh, constant 2.8, uh, 1080p video. Really awesome. Does, uh, 24 to 200 millimeter. Um, I, I can't complain about it, but I miss, being able to switch out lenses. So I ended up getting a Canon 70 D. So you're going to be able to see some of the videos and stuff we're going to be doing with that starting next week, but we are uh, behind on a couple of other product reviews. So uh, the RX 10 is going to be my workhorse for the next couple of days until next week that the Canon 70 D arrives. Anyway, Archived episodes of this show and any of the others can be found on rageworks.net of course, but video archives are available on our two YouTube channels, my take radio TV and official rageworks audio versions are available on iTunes stitcher and tune radio. Uh, we are working on going on Google play and Spotify as well, but we wanted to complete our transition from my take radio to rageworks. Now, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, My Take Radio will always exist, but the uh, you know the My Take Radio name on iTunes and Stitcher will be rebranded as the Rageworks Network. That way, uh, you can just punch in Rageworks and find all our shows, including Black is the New Black, TRSS, Bar- The Buried Show, My Take Radio, and a couple of other projects that we are working on. We are working on... Uh, getting some logos and stuff done. That's why we haven't fully made that transition yet, but once we do, I will announce it on the site, on social media, and of course on a live episode of MTR when that happens. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and contributing via the chat room. We, I appreciate each and every one of you. I will see you guys next Wednesday at 11 PM, hopefully, uh, 8 PM Pacific, 11 PM Eastern 8 PM Pacific for the MMA and wrestling edition of MTR. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am out of here. Peace.